0: The volume. It's the
1: 3 and Out podcast presented by FanDuel. The NBA season is kicking into gear, and there's no better place to get into the action than FanDuel. Awesome new and existing user promotions. America's number one sportsbook. Very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code COLIN. So they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecop Three and Out Podcast, hanging out here in uh, cold, chilly Scottsdale, Arizona, with my family. But you know, gotta got advertisers to please, got business to do, so I. Had to get a little podcast in. Today's going to be very straightforward. I picked five quarterback topics. Rodgers, Jetson Carr, Danny Dimes, uh, Fields and Lamar, kind of combine the two of them because I think they're kind of interconnected from a trade standpoint, and and Bryce Young. And we're just going to hit on A little rapid fire, like 30-minute pod, and uh, get you in and out for your weekend, and that is the plan. Next week's the Combine. We will have a lot of stories flying fast and furious uh, about rumors. It's going to be fun. Very, very excited. And really, next week kind of kicks off the offseason. Free agency is right around the corner. The draft. uh, This is a very, very fun time from a storyline standpoint for the league. It's exciting if you're a fan of the team because you're getting new players. (laughs) You know, whether it's you're going to cut guys, trade guys, trade for guys, sign guys, draft guys. It's a fun two months, and uh, I I really, really enjoy it, so we will dive deep in. Middlecoff mailbag, I'll probably put one out on Sunday. I got a lot of mailbag questions. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs. If you want to get into the golf uh, mailbag, at GoloPod is uh, our Golo Instagram. It's where I do the golf DMs, so fire in there, at GoloPod. And obviously, this Instagram is just my name. If you got football questions or life questions or just whatever's going on, and uh, and yeah, that's the plan. Next week, we'll just podcast will be rocking and rolling. Hopefully, everyone is uh, is doing well, and uh, and yeah, getting buckle up for the off season because it's going to come fast and the furious, baby. Can I tell you about my friends at Game Time? Here's what I need you to do: go to your smartphone, go to the apps, and download the Game Time app. It just happens to be the fastest growing ticket website uh, in America. No big deal. And you want to take your friend, take your wife, take your child to a game, March Madness, spring training, an NBA playoff game, a concert, a comedy show. We'll download the Game Time app and first time users. If you're going to go to an event, use my promo code, JOHN. That's just my name, J O H N, J O H N, and get $20 off your tickets. It's easy to do. I did it, went to a hockey game like a month ago. I need to go to more events. I'm going to concerts this summer on my friend's game time. No big deal. Uh, I I will be going to spring training games because of my friends at game time. Use the promo code JOHN. J-O-H-N. Get out of the house. Get some sunlight. Take in. Have a beer. Go to a concert. Obviously, that might not be in the sunlight, but enjoy your favorite artist. Enjoy a good comedy show with a buddy. Have a good time. Get out. Enjoy yourself on me. You don't even need to thank me. Just use the promo code. J-O-H-N, download the Game Time app right now. I appreciate everyone that's doing that. Okay, let's get into the quarterback rapid fire. And let's start first and foremost with Aaron Rodgers, because he is the most important quarterback who is available. And let's face it, he's available. I think it's clearly feeling like he is not going to be on the Green Bay Packers next year. His time in Green Bay has unofficially ended. Officially, we will find out in the next, I would say, three weeks where he's going to go. And I think we'll have a pretty good feel after the combine. You know, like it's all signs are pointing to this team or this team, because when you have a player of that caliber and he is, quote unquote, available, even financially, little weird, huge deal. I think he's going to have to do some restructuring to be able to facilitate a trade. It's not just going to be the Vegas Raiders and the New York Jets interested in this guy. There are a lot of teams that are coming that are going to come sniffing around. Why? Because he's Aaron fucking Rodgers, a four-time MVP. So buckle up. It's about to get real. Now, Aaron Rodgers got out of a darkness retreat. And all I saw today on social media were the blue check marks making fun of him. Now, listen, it, it is an easy activity to make fun of. Hard time having the sports media who spends seven hours a day on Twitter. Being the group that's going to do that. Though, I think it's fair to say, like, most of us probably would not do that. Uh, now, most people listening, especially if you're probably like over 30, could be married, might have children. You wouldn't even have the time to do that. Want a Collins thing with Rogers, single guy, late 30s, you know, got all the time in the world. Hell, his job's only six months a year. But uh, I will say this candidly on his ayahuasca, which I, I know for myself, and I-, I would imagine a lot of people listening, the first time I ever heard of ayahuasca. Was when Rogers brought it up. And since then, I've listened to podcasts about ayahuasca. I've heard people talk about the impacts of ayahuasca. I would do it 100%. I think in my life, I will do it. It's not currently a priority for me to just uh, buckle up and head down to uh, Chile or South America and do it. But I would have not only no problem doing it, I actually am very intrigued by it. And I think it would probably help me because, like a lot of people, got some demons, got the things I got to work through. I, I'm very intrigued by that. And I'm guilty. I was probably pretty negative when that comment came out. Unfazed now. I am pro ayahuasca, someone that's never done it and very interested in doing it one day. The darkness retreat, not really my thing, but I'm all for self improvement. If your life isn't constantly getting better or you're not pursuing your life getting better, like that kind of sucks. You know, I know a lot of people that are in their late 30s and their 40s that are like, hold on to you know 20 years ago, God, I wish I'd go back to college. I do not wish I'd go back to college. I was broke. I mean, it was a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong, but my life keeps getting better. I hope everyone listening to this, your pursuit, and hopefully your life keeps getting better than this. If the peak of your life was when you were 19 or 22 and you're 42, like that sucks. You still got a while to go. (laughs) It's, It's a long road. So I do appreciate and understand these human beings that chase improvement in their life. And clearly Rogers is on the high end of that. Doing some things that I think a lot of us people that our first reaction it's weird, but a lot of things that high end people do we consider weird. Like we thought the shit Tom Brady was doing for a long time was really weird. He played football till he was forty five. Anyone sipping Super Bowls? So like some stuff works. I don't know anything about this darkness retreat. I think I'd probably lose my mind. I got some ADD issues. Probably a little too addicted to my phone and devices and TV and. I, I don't know. I, I would probably struggle in that environment, but I'm not going to make fun of it. Different strokes for different folks, and the media is the last group of people who have any merit to fucking make fun of shit like this. But Rodgers needs to come out and tell everybody, I'm, I am I want to play for a while. Like, I will play. Like I Listen, I'm 39. I don't think I have, like, seven years left, but as long as I can play at a high level or I am healthy, I plan on playing football. To me, that should be the number one goal of Aaron Rodgers to get that messaging out. Assuming he still wants to play after the darkness retreat. And that's, we're talking about him right now. That's my assumption. That Aaron Rodgers is going to want to keep playing football. And if he does, he has to let it be known, like, I'm all in. And I plan on playing for the next couple years. Because if he does that, I think the Packers with their eyes closed could get a first and second. I know he didn't play that well last year, and he didn't. He, he was not very good. For a large percentage of that season... It was it was very bizarre to watch. He did just win back-to-back MVP's and was the best player in the league in 2020 and 2021. And his resume speaks for itself. I think if he te- but I can't trade for you if like every year you might quit. Your darkness retreat might never end and you might just take off. You have to at least like I knew when I was getting Tom Brady if I was Tampa Bay like he was going to play until he couldn't play. And that's literally what happened. Right? With Aaron it's been weird for a while. I think he has to get the messaging out. I'm in it to win it, and I'm here. If you're the Jets and you trade for me, you got a couple years. I will give you everything I have. If he doesn't do it, I think it makes a trade very, very complicated. Because if he plays like he's played the last couple years publicly with his words, I I, I think like, I'm sorry, I can't give you a first round pick. I, I cannot. Now I've said before, I think you can structure a trade based on the success that you have with him and how long he's on your team. Like, listen, I'll give you a first-round pick for him right now. But if he retires after the season, that's all I owe you. But if he plays for me for two more years and we make the conference championship, maybe that second pick, the quote-unquote sliding scale, is a seventh-round pick and could go up as high as a first-round pick if we win the Super Bowl. Because I would gladly give you two ones if I get Aaron Rodgers and we win the Super Bowl. And he plays for my team for a couple years we make another conference championship. Without hesitation. But there's a lot of unknown with the guy. And I think the number one thing he has to do now is the messaging and the public stance on what his future is. I think he has to let it be known. Go on Pat McAfee next next week, whatever it takes, and be like, listen, the one thing I found out in the darkness, laying on that bed, peeing and pooping on the side of the ground. I actually think he had a toilet in there. Uh, I want to keep playing football. Football means a lot to me. And whoever trades for me, I'm all in. Number two, the Jets. They're in this weird situation, right? Because the white whale is Aaron Rodgers. You would take Aaron Rodgers over any other quarterback who's currently available, whether it be in the draft or free agency, obviously. But there's no guarantee that you would get Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is not a free agent. You have to trade for him. Who knows? Maybe Vegas gets weird and Mark Davis like, shit, I'm intervening on this one. We need to get a star here, trade multiple first round. trade a one or two, and next year's one a two. And the the Packers are like, shit, we'll take the deal. They've already done a deal before. They did it last year for Devontae Adams. So who's to say that the Raiders, who won, are desperate from a market standpoint. They're kind of irrelevant. They suck. They're in Las Vegas, which is a star town. You can't suck and expect to be relevant. So it would not shock me at all. Mark Davis, a couple years ago, wanted Tom Brady. But he allowed John Gruden to make the decision. And he decided to go with Derek Carr. And I think Mark Davis probably goes, if we have a redo on that one, we'd obviously take Tom Brady. So the Jets just hosted Derek Carr, who's taking his free agent, you know, kind of tour, you know, which was smart. He exercises no trade clause and can just go from team to team because he was cut. He's a vested veteran. He doesn't have to wait till March 15th, the official date of free agency, to start talking and visiting teams. He can do that right now. And he's clearly doing it. And there was a story, I think, Diana Rossini works for ESPN, That one of the things the Jets told Derek Carr, which made us all chuckle, as it should, because it's a pretty crazy statement, was, you know, we think you can be a first ballot Hall of Famer if you come here. And listen, when you first start dating someone, let's say she's a six, you know, you kind of hype her up like she's an eight. You don't tell her all her flaws in the first month of dating when you're, when you're, or when you're courting her, right? You say some things dating someone or attempting to date someone is a lot like college recruiting. You can say some things that aren't true. You can profess, you know, your love of her or potential love that turns out a year later to be not the case. But at the time, like, you're not going to pretend like a five is a five, you know, or if she's a seven, you're going to act like she's a nine and a half. That's why usually in relationships, two, three years in, you're like, Remember when you used to do X, Y, and Z for me, and you no longer do? It's like, because I just wanted to get you in this relationship. And right now, the Jets are in this weird spot. There's no guarantee that they're going to get Aaron Rodgers. And I would say Derek Carr, based on the other quarterbacks who are available, is easily the second best quarterback option. Now, I don't think it's a fit. If I was talking to Derek Carr from a team standpoint, a lot of talent. I think the market makes no sense. He played at Fresno State. Uh, D1, you know, a non-Power 5 team. He's gone to, he's played for the Raiders his entire career, which is not covered like a big boy. It just simply is not. For a long percentage of his career, it was in the Bay Area where he was clearly playing second fiddle of the 49ers. And then in Vegas, like, they are just not some powerhouse franchise that's playing on Sunday night football and covered like one of the New York teams. They're just not. And I'm not saying that as a Raider hater. It's just a fact. So the majority of his career has been somewhat, obviously he's in the NFL, so he's a famous guy, a little under the radar relative to playing in New York, to playing in Philadelphia, to playing for Bill Belichick, to playing for the Green Bay Packers. It's just on a completely different level. It just is. No different than playing at Fresno State is a lot different than playing at USC, Texas, or Alabama. From a coverage standpoint, I've said over and over, I think the NFC South makes so much sense. Carolina. Carolina. The Saints, which aren't even the most popular football team in their own state, that's LSU. I think Tampa would make a lot of sense. I think Indianapolis would make a lot of sense. Smaller market team where the weather is good. The weather. He is not some good cold weather quarterback. Remember the Pittsburgh game, Sunday night football, this year on Christmas Eve? was a fucking debacle. After that night, he never played another snap for the Raiders. Listen, I, I would avoid big market slash the weather that that matters if i'm Derek carr it's why now obviously money impacts he's already made 150 million dollars this is not some geno smith that this might be the time for him to cash in if it's a difference between 10 million here or there overall i would be very careful about where i go and i think part of it is one that statement is asinine he's never going to be a hall of fame quarterback but he can be a really good quarterback He can be a guy that over the next couple of years, you go to the playoffs if your coaching staff is good and if your team is good. The Jets have the good team. From the market pressure, the whole thing, I think it would be a disaster. I've heard Boomer Esiason say it publicly, I think on his radio show in New York. He's like, this would not work. If I'm Derek, NFC South, Indianapolis, that's where I'm kind of steering my way toward. But I understand the Jets saying some BS while they're courting them. Welcome to, you know, life courting whoever, whether it be in business, whether it be personally in a relationship, we all tell some white lies. That's, that's part of landing deals. That's part of landing, you know, a significant other. Welcome to
0: life. All state wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats,
1: The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bet back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Listen, you can bet on the game any way you want. Straight up, aka line, point spreads, team totals, You can also do player props, whether it's points, rebounds, assists, covers it all. And so many more exclusive bets, like two times three, two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. How fun is that? FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with Same Game Parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com, promo code Colin. That's FanDuel.com, Promo code Colin to learn more. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Next Step or text Next Step to 533 42 Arizona 1 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat Connecticut 1 800 Gambler or visit fanduel.com slash RG Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia 1 877 770 Stop, Louisiana or 1 800 270 7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1 877 8 Hope NY or text Hope NY 467 369 New York Tennessee Redline 1 800 888 9789 Tennessee 1 800 522 4700 Wyoming visit www.1800gambler.net West Virginia Danny Dimes. This is a point in time during the season right before free agency and the draft where bullshit is all over the place because the agents the agents get paid on points and with players, they get paid, you know, like one and a half percent or whatever on a deal. And unlike the NBA where the there's a slotted max. So it's like I'm a max player. What the fuck are you even doing? Why am I paying you a percent when you're the, the team is just signing me for the max amount? The number's already set. You're not negotiating anything. Where in football. Everything's a negotiation, right? The guaranteed money, the years. The, there is no set like you could you can just get whatever you can get. All of a sudden last year, I saw Brett Veach uh tell McAfee this like the the wide receiver market went to the moon cuz all of a sudden wide receivers started making 25, 30 million. This year buckle up when Nick Bosa gets paid. So the the agents in football have a big impact on the contracts, right? But they also have a big impact into the way the public perceives them. So when you read these stories about Danny Dimes, and what he wants or what he's thinking, that's coming from the agent, the guy that is going to profit as well, obviously, as Danny Dimes, but who's literally going to profit off the contract. So, of course, the agent wants to get Danny Dimes 45000000 million. Let's even say $35, 40000000 That number makes me want to puke in my mouth. I think this is an easy situation for the Giants. Obviously, Danny Dimes more than likely is better than what they could get, right? You'd rather have Danny Dimes than Geno Smith's already been there. Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt a lot. Like Danny Dimes is fine. But there's also just a number. And listen, I've been house hunting. I I would say that loosely. Uh, Once these taxes get done, I've never been more excited to do taxes. Now that I don't live in California, Uh, you save so much goddamn money. Oh, my God. It's incredible. But because I, then I will know kind of what range I can purchase and and really get seriously about looking. But one philosophy I'm going to have is like, I'm going to make low ball offers. And I'm not going to be afraid to hear no. <laughs> like, okay, cool. I Because partly I'm not emotionally tied to homes. And some people get that way. My girlfriend's in real estate. I see it with her clients. It's kind of crazy. And maybe it's just my personality. Maybe it's like I don't have enough emotion sometimes. Some people might say that. Uh, not here talking about football, but just in other aspects of my life. And I think the best people in pro sports have always been able to balance because you're dealing with people and really good players. You want to keep, I'm not saying Danny Dimes is this, but you pick a number and you say, Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, we like you. And we think that we want to keep you on this team. Two for 40. We'll guarantee every penny. Two for 40, $20 million a year. You want to go get 45? You want to get 35 million? Fucking hit the open market. Good luck. This is our offer. You know you have a good opportunity here. You know you can have success. Business is business. So if you can find more, got be to you. But if we're going to tie ourselves to Daniel Jones, we're going to be very limited in what our upside is as a franchise. Because last year I said over and over, Brian Dayball is my coach of the year. I know he actually won it, but I was saying that in like November. It was remarkable what he was doing. They are not like their roster still isn't that good and their best player is you know probably going to get franchise tagged you think but you never know with the running back but ultimately they want a, t- a ton of those one score games that easily year to year can change like it's not inconceivable that Brian Dable's is a really good coach and next year they win 7-8 games right partly because Daniel Jones is not some top 10 quarterback and more than likely he's never going to be but if he can be the worst version of that cousins dak even car kind of crew then you're in pretty good shape. You build the team, you figure it out. Maybe you draft a quarterback on the side, but you cannot overpay for that. Under no circumstances can I pay, I couldn't pay Daniel Jones. I couldn't even get close to paying him Kirk Cousins money. I I cannot do it. I have a number that's relatively low compared to top quarterbacks, but I also bank on where's he going to go? Who is going to pay him a lot of money? I I can't see it. And you just got to stand firm with it. And you got to be unemotional with it. And if he leaves, Godspeed. Good luck to that fucking team. Because I'll tell you that what, if you're paying Daniel Jones $40 million a year, I I pray to God we play you next year. Because that's going to limit how you build the team. So I would expect the Giants, Dayball, taught by, you know, obviously Belichick, but even Saban's pretty cutthroat. Joe Shane, pretty high level deal maker. came, you know, those successful Bills teams that kind of reworked their cap. I would expect Daniel Dimes... Danny Dimes, to be in for a little bit of a wake-up call when it comes toward his overall money. And I I think the Giants can get him relatively cheap for starting quarterback money. This feels Lamar thing. There was a story today on uh, a Thursday I saw that the NFLPA is helping Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson has his mother negotiating his contract, which clearly, you know, overcomplicates things, right? A huge part of the combine I've been to the combine probably five or six times in my life Uh, when I worked in the NFL and even kind of doing it from a uh, podcasting standpoint is you walk around and there's just constant GMs, scouting guys, and agents everywhere interacting. And partly because you're constantly just talking business and you're going, you're you're finding out information. It's an information gathering time, right? GMs are finding out what their own players are going to cost what the trade market is like for some of their players. If you're a new coach or a new GM, you're figuring out who you can trade, what you can get for them, who you can cut, if I have to cut this guy or I could trade him. You're finding out all sorts of information. You're also finding out what future free agents and and high-level guys that might be available and what it would cost, how much it's going to cost for this player. And when Lamar Jackson's mother is representing him, one, it would just be hard when the Ravens are like, okay, here's $160 million guaranteed. You can go shop and find a better offer. It's just very emotional. And me and Coward talked about this a couple of weeks ago. When you just have Drew Rosenhaus or Tom Condon and his people doing it, they're used to it. They they've fucking been doing it for thirty years. It's just you know, it's like if you're a real estate agent, it's like just selling a home. You know, if you're a nurse, it's like helping someone in the bed. You know, if you're a car salesman, it's just selling another car. You get very numb to it. Well, when it's your own son, for any of us. If you or I represented our child in contract negotiations, it would not be like the way we operated in our business. It would be human it, it would it would be it wouldn't be possible. There's too much of human element. It's literally your blood. it's it's the one person or depending on how many children you have, I would imagine I don't have kids. You are never going to love those kids as much as anyone else in your life beside your siblings your parents, or your significant other. It's just impossible. And I would imagine children, even, I can just see it with my own parents over the course of my life. It's got to be the most unique relationship you'll ever have in your entire life, right? Because even your wife, like you can get really mad at, your parents, you can get really mad at, your brothers or sisters. There's something with your children where you just always kind of get over it because just true unconditional love. So this situation has already been really weird. It's already in a weird spot. And it does feel like trading him, and it depends. These, these uh, franchise tags are now available. And as I'm saying this, I don't think anyone has been officially tagged. I think rumors were that the, re- that the commanders, almost said the, the R word, the football team was going to tag Payne, the defensive tackle. How they tag Lamar will be interesting. The exclusive tag or the non-exclusive tag. If you non-exclusive tag, I think it's fair to say they are open to trading him. And if he does potentially get traded, let's just say to the Commanders, to Atlanta, to whoever. I do wonder then if Justin Fields and the Ravens make some sense because I expect Justin Fields to get traded. I've been saying for a while, it's not my personal opinion that I don't like Justin Fields. I loved him coming out. I would have drafted him number two overall in that draft. To me, it would have been a no brainer. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, wasn't even a blank. Then we'll figure out the other three guys. And really it was the other two guys because Mac Jones ain't my cup of tea. And it just, it's gone kind of weird. Not even weird. It just because last year, Fields became this incredible runner. He's got a new GM and coach. Anytime you got a new GM and coach and you're not just like lighting the world on fire, your team's the number one overall drafting team with a quarterback. And we'll get into Bryce Young here in a little bit. Like, if I had to rank coming out of college, who I'd rather have, I like Field size more, but Bryce is a better quarterback. I don't even think that's debatable. If you watch a lot of college football over the years, you would have to say that Bryce Young is a better quarterback than Justin Fields coming out of college. It doesn't mean Bryce Young is going to be good in the pros, a lot of other variables. But I think Fields, it, it, to me, if Lamar and Fields, like both those guys could be on the move. And if Lamar is dealt, which obviously he would get dealt for a couple one, someone would pay him a couple hundred million dollars, it would be one of the bigger deals ever it would be very Russell Wilson-ish, given that it would cost two ones and the money would be enormous. I mean, it would be stupid. And uh, I, I'm not as confident on that one. But to me, then, Fields to the Ravens, we would immediately be like, "Where? where's he going? The Baltimore Ravens. Now, you would say if Atlanta Falcons still needed a quarterback. But here's the thing. Justin Fields was drafted at, what, number 11 overall, and the Bears gave up another first-round pick. So th- they paid a lot to get him. But sometimes, like th- there's that sunk cost, you know, uh, way to look at it, and that's like ultimately Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus had nothing to do with that deal. So you could be like, "Well, you got to get you got to get a first round pick back because of what you gave up for." Yes, yeah. yeah, someone else made that purchase. Someone else made that transaction. It wasn't us, right? So I think it makes it much easier to like, yeah, we'll trade them for a second and third round pick. You know, or something like that, because he still has two more years left on him, you know, on the rookie contract than that third year is the fifth year option, which is very expensive. But like, would you trade a second and a third if you're the Atlanta Falcons for the chance to like strike oil with Justin Fields? I, I think you would do that in a heartbeat. But given that, you know, when you look at a lot of the first round picks, you're, you're not getting the top 15 pick for Justin Fields, I, I don't think. And when you look at the 20s, like how many teams in the 20s are going to do that? 49ers aren't. I mean, they don't have a pick. Chiefs aren't. Bills aren't. Bengals aren't. Right? So I, I just think, get ready if he is dealt for the the compensation to be a lot different than what he was actually traded for. And I think it's very understandable coming from the Bears for an office like I said, did not pull the trigger on that deal. They had nothing to do with it. Now they're just trying to pivot and move on. Uh, again, I, I I do feel like Justin Fields is going to be moved. <laughs> And last but not least, the rookie quarterbacks. But more specifically, and we'll get into it next week. This guy, he's one of the better college quarterbacks in recent memory in Bryce Young. But next week at the Combine, like, underclassmen don't go to All-Star games. So, and, and a lot of GMs during the season don't go on that many school visits. They're just too busy with their own team, their own coach, their own roster. So they don't get to get out on the road. Some do, and it depends on the schedule. You could hit a game or two. But I think there are a large percentage of NFL GMs who have never seen Bryce Young in person, just stood next to him. Every team has had multiple scouts who have gone through Alabama, gone to practice, and gone to their games. But there's a difference of your scouts telling you this when you're talking the number one overall pick, and your GM, and definitely your head coach. There is not a NFL head coach who has seen this guy live and just met him? And next week, Bryce Young, because the only question mark, if Bryce Young was six foot three, he would be unequivocally the number one guy. It wouldn't even be questioned. There would be no debate. We would just be talking about what is the rank of the other three or four guys CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, kind of that crew, Tanner McKee, whatever. But Bryce is small, like very, very small. We've all seen pictures by now of him standing around other football players. And he's way shorter than them. And I I say this all the time with um, Devontae Smith, because I I remember a scout told me, he's like, because I was hard on Devontae a couple years ago. I'm like, I don't think I could draft a guy who weighs 168 pounds. And he's like, Middlecoff, this guy is fucking dominated in high school, went to Alabama, kicked the shit out of everybody in practice and in the games at that weight. He knows how to play. And look at him, through a couple years, in the pros, dominant player. He he is going to have, I mean, he's going to make pro bowls. Not a pro bowl, like I bet he makes pro bowls. And not one where like a bunch of guys jo- drop out. Like he could be a top five receiver at a point in time in his career. I think that's in play. And one thing when you play at a school like Alabama, when you have questions about size, it's like, well, Nick, like, yeah, every day of practice, we couldn't touch the guy. In the games against the best defensive players. Remember, two years ago, they didn't play Georgia once. They played him twice. They played him in the SEC championship game and then they played him again in the national championship. And I'll never forget the national championship because I had about $500 on Alabama because I got him at plus odds. And I did it for a reason. Uh, I mean, Vegas was clearly giving me those odds for reasons because they lost. But he was getting peppered. Remember, Mechie had gotten hurt and Jamison Williams had gotten hurt and they were missing their receivers and they were playing with some randoms and they were dropping the ball. He was just throwing dime after time. He was getting hit time and time again, and he was kept popping up. There is no better team to watch a guy go against, to go, how could he play in the NFL, than a defense literally full of NFL fucking players. Like half the team got drafted, not drafted, in the first 20 picks. I mean, they had half their team get drafted in like the top 20. So, and and the guys that didn't, they had to come back to school are now going to get drafted in the top 20. So I think from Bryce's standpoint of his size, He played in the most physical conference against the best defensive players and dominated and dominated. And he literally played against two years ago, you would say, one of the most talented defenses individually from an NFL standpoint of the last couple decades. Some of those Pete Carroll teams, some of those University of Miami teams, like they have to be high, high on the list. Some of of Saban's peak early teams that were more defensive oriented, uh, honestly, of the 21st century. And he looked freaking awesome. So the question is going to be the size and these guys, he's going to come into these hotel rooms and the way the hotel is set up. It's like in this railroad situation. So the hotels are railroad cars. It's kind of cool. Actually, he's going to come in and he's going to be small when he shakes Dan Campbell's hand, when he shakes Eber hand, when he shakes D'Amico Ryan's hand, he's going to be smaller than all these guys. And you know what? That doesn't mean he can't play. And I am not, some big believer in constantly like, Oh, because Russell Wilson was a good short quarterback. Keep drafting short quarterbacks. I think this guy's a little bit different because I think everything that he brings to the table from just feel in the pocket accuracy, like his game, throwing the football, his instincts, his ability to just read the entire field. He is not some scramble first guy. His arm isn't great, but it's damn good. And he's just, like you can't watch him and go, this guy isn't an, an elite quarterback. Small, small elite quarterback, but he's an elite quarterback. So at the end of the day, I expect Bryce Young to go number one overall. And like I said, with Fields, I, I think he ends up on the Bears. Appreciate everybody listening. Have a great weekend. We will talk soon. Adios. <laughs>